Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. Rejoice evermore, verse 16. And then here it is, pray without ceasing. You know, you say, well, this is a time we really should be praying. Well, the Bible says we should have been doing that anyway. Pray without ceasing. And everything, verse 17, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Now, that's a real short three verses of scripture. But I find them hard to obey. You know why? Well, when you're sick or your family's sick or things change and you're praying for different families. We got Kelly and I spoke for five minutes and it's someone's tooth hurts. Someone's hip hurts. Someone's sick. Someone's having a surgery. (laughs) And And that's just a small little country church. Yet the Bible tells us in everything, give thanks. Well, how can I do that? (laughs) My wife's been sick for a week. It's not easy to obey some of the simplest things that we find in the word of God. Yet God tells us the as we get into these different types of prayers, he said everything really should be soaked and absorbed in prayer. Uh, First Corinthians 14. It says first Corinthians 14. Look at verse number 14. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, my understanding is unfruitful. What is it then? I will pray with the spirit and I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the spirit and I will sing with the understanding also. And only thing we're going to touch on this verse, we're not going to do a deep dive into the into the chapter. But concerning prayer, it needs to be with the spirit, with the Holy Spirit. And sometimes our prayers are just us. We'll kind of get to that in a little bit. But we need to pray, number one, without ceasing. Number two, 1 Corinthians 14, we need to pray with the spirit. Look at Romans 8. Chapter 8. And verse number 26. Likewise, the spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, But the spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings, which cannot be uttered. And he that searches the heart knoweth what is the mind of the spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according the will of God. Some people call this the prayer of the Holy Spirit. The idea here is when you and I pray, the Holy Spirit can kind of filter that before it gets to the Father and cleans it up if it needs to. It would be a, a simple way of explaining or communicating that. But the Spirit, the idea behind this is the Spirit makes intercession for us, you know, we all have the indwelled Holy Spirit, and that's the idea here. So, pray without ceasing, pray with the Spirit, and then understand that the Spirit makes intercession for us. 
Let's go over to Acts. And let's get the 13th chapter. <clears throat> Acts chapter 13. Also notice. Let's start reading. Verse number two, as they ministered to the Lord, Acts 13, verse number two, and fasted, Holy Ghost said, separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. And here it is again in verse number three. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. We see that prayer also is found in conjunction with fasting we see fasting is implied many many times throughout the scriptures for christians to do we never really see an explicit command by god thou shalt but we sure do see it wrapped in a lot of things prayer in particular we'd be we'd be good to not only pray without ceasing pray with the spirit understand the spirit makes intercession but we'd be good too to fast <laughs> to fast and pray acts chapter number one and in verse number 13 and when they were come in they went up into an upper room where abode peter both peter and james and john and andrew philip and thomas bartholomew and matthew james the son of alphaeus and simon zealots and judas the brother of james and then verse 13, uh, 14 says, these all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. What do we see in Acts chapter 13? One of many examples of corporate prayer. If you go down to verse 42, uh, or flip over to Acts 2, Acts chapter 2 and then go down to 40, verse 42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. That's good. We got to know doctrine. And fellowship. That's good. We need to uh, not just learn doctrine, but actually spend time with each other. And in breaking of bread and in prayers. Again, another example of sometimes the last thing listed is typically the thing that we leave out. <laughs> God wants us to have corporate prayer. You ever pray for the fall of your enemy? <laughs> That's called, or you know, some call that imprecatory prayer. So let's spend a little time there and see Psalm 55. Let's see if we can glean some truth. This is a tough one. Psalm 55. Psalm 55, verse 15. Watch what David prays. Psalm 55, verse 15. Let death seize upon them and let them go down quick into hell for wickedness is in their dwellings and among them. Well, that's a pretty strong prayer. We need to be careful. We don't grab David's prayers on a lot of things. Look at Psalm 35. And look at the sixth verse. Psalm 35. 
Let their way, Psalm 35, verse 6, let their way be dark and slippery and let the angel of the Lord persecute them. Ooh. Things are heating up for David's prayer, prayer life. Look at Psalm 58. Psalm 58, verse number six. Break their teeth, O God. In their mouth, break out the great teeth of the young lions, O Lord. He's praying, hey, take away their power. Where's the power of the beast? In their teeth to rip people apart. The enemies are likened to the wild beasts. So David's praying, hey, get rid of their way of doing harm to us. So that's praying basically for evil to fall upon your enemy. That's an imprecatory prayer. Now let's go over to Matthew 5. And let's get a New Testament passage. We got Matthew 5, verse 44. Matthew 5, 44. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. That ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh the sun to rise on the evil and on the good. And sendeth rain on the just and the unjust. Now we're not going to break apart. The Sermon of the Mount concerning the kingdom of heaven and the idea that this doesn't have immediate context. Well, I don't want to go too far down the road, but I want to say this, that we should be able to glean some truth from this, even though this kingdom of heaven, this idea when Jesus is, is dealing with the Jewish, a Jewish audience here. Kind of like we're going through in Matthew 24, he's going to go back and turn and deal with the nation at a later point. But nonetheless, we still have this and can read this and can glean some truth for it. We need to be able to pray for our enemy. Now, how do you get? Give me the answer for this one if you got it. How do you get those Psalms of David? And now we're told by Jesus to pray for your enemies when we have not only our fellow Americans trapped in Afghanistan, not only that, that's on a national scope, but our brothers and sisters in Christ, which are now in bonds, under not only a tyrannical government, but a false, radical religion of death. What do you do? What do you do? And the only thing I came up with is Ephesians 6, where it says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And I really believe that is an example or one example of there's spiritual wickedness in high places. <laughs> and uh, we went through 
in the book of Acts. How God just smote Herod dead. And I'll tell you, I, I want everybody to get saved. I pray that all the radical Islamists get saved. I pray that all of the Taliban get saved. And if they don't, I pray that God smotes them. I really do. Now, did I balance all that out right? I don't know. But you got spiritual wickedness in high places. It's not like we can go over there and help them. It's not like the people over there can help them. It's not like our government can help them. But we can pray. We certainly can pray. And that's what that's what I plan, Lord, helping me to do. Would ask us all to do that. But that's imprecatory prayer or praying for your enemy to be defeated. We're in Matthew. Let's go over to chapter 26. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 26, and we'll get verse 39. Well, let's read verse 38 or verse 36. We'll get some context. Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane. And saith unto the disciples, sit here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then saith he unto them, my soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. wilt. That's a, a prayer of consecration where Jesus is praying that he be set apart to do the will of the father and we can all do better to pray more prayers of quote-unquote conse consecration in other words lord what's your will for me lord help me be set apart to do your will lord help me be in your will We started the message. We, we looked at First Thessalonians 5. If you want to be in the will of God, you need to be praying. People say, well, how do, how do I know if I'm in the will of God? Well, are you praying? No. Well, then you're not. I mean, that's a, now that might not be the crux of the whole thing, but that's a good place to start. My life's not going great. I don't know if I'm following God's will. Well, how many times have you prayed this week? Well, none. I mean, some of the simple things are so simple that we overlook them. We need to pray to be set apart to follow the will of God. And does anybody else feel this way when things are going great? You tend to think that you're in the will of God more. You know, we, all, we go on vacation. We have a great time. We thank the Lord for it, except when things don't start to go so great. <laughs> and then we got to cut it short because one's sick and then another's getting sick and then you got to cancel this and cancel that and get a refund on this. And and then you think, well, Lord, how come? Well, what do you mean, how come? Like, what do you just pray to me when you get what you want? It's tough. I'm just telling you, it's easy to preach this stuff. It's really hard. 
really hard to get a hold of it. God wants us to be set apart to follow his will. First Timothy. First Timothy chapter number two. Okay, first Timothy. Lays out four different types of prayers. He says, I exhort, therefore, first Timothy two one that first of all, supplication. What's a supplication? Do you have a request? That's a supplication, a request that you bring to God. You're asking the Lord for something. A lot of our prayers are supplication style prayers. There's nothing wrong with that. Ask the Lord. Okay, That's a supplication. And then prayers. All of this relates to prayer. Prayer. It's the different desires of your heart. It's the different thoughts that come into your mind. That's your prayers. And you bring those to the Lord. You got thoughts, you got desires, you got stuff in your head and your heart and your mind. Bring that to the Lord. Why? So you don't implode. <laughs> you know, a, a lot of problems can be solved if people would just communicate. A lot of husband and wife problems are based on the premise of just simply miscommunication. It's just two paths crossed the wrong way. And all of it was was a miscommunication. If the miscommunication was cleared up prior, there wouldn't have been a problem. Anybody ever have a problem? We all do. I mean, it happens at, even at work, it happens. You know, somebody thought this, somebody thought this, and if they just would have talked about it, oh. Well, you know, we should communicate with the Lord. That's called prayer. Get your thoughts out. Get your desires out. Go to the Lord with them. And don't have any miscommunication. Communicate with them. It's a way to communicate and fellowship with God. People say, well, why do we pray? That doesn't seem to do any good. Well, you get to communicate with the Lord. Uh, supplications, prayers. Look at the next one. Intercessions. That's praying on the behalf of someone. It's an intercessory prayer. Um we see in the book of Daniel, he goes to the Lord and prays on behalf of his people. That's a way of interceding for his people, intercessory prayer. Go to Romans 8. Keep your finger in 1 Timothy. Romans 8, verse 34. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for they say, for thy sake, we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Well, how can we be a conqueror? We're going through famine and distress. 
How in the world can we be a conqueror if we're going for persecution or famine or nakedness or dying by the sword? Because we have an intercessor, Christ. This is one reason why the Christians that are trapped over in Afghanistan. They're not trapped. Spiritually speaking, they're not. They cannot get a hold of their soul. They might try. They may break their mental capacity. They may break their physical body. But we are more than conquerors. So you kill us. You just drove the nail further in your own coffin. Because you just got rid of another Christian that's not alive to tell you about the love of Jesus to get the hate out of your heart. And then we're absent with the body and present with the Lord. So it's not all bad. But it's certainly not anything that we want to sign up for. And it's certainly not anything that we enjoy watching and hearing about. We need to pray an intercessory style prayer for our brothers and sisters in bonds. Now, it's not like this is the first time this has happened, by the way. If you don't have the voice of martyrs, that, that magazine subscription is free. And you can say a lot of things about them and I wish they would. Well, let's say this. It's a great magazine. You can read about what's going on around the entire globe. Pretty much. About our persecuted brothers and sisters in Christ. And we talked Thursday night how, you know, praise God, not only do we live in the United States, but we live in the state of Tennessee in the United States. So it's it's unlikely we're probably at least a decade away of what's coming upon all of these liberal states on the east and west coast. And so we have a lot of blessings just based on where we live or where we're able to move to. I mean, my wife and I are originally from New Jersey, and it's a, we, we say all the time, man, it's a it's a blessing to be here because things are just tightening up. You know what the people in New Jersey are thinking? Praise God, I'm not in Afghanistan. It's just a hot mess. And the only solution I know for us to do right now is to pray. Intercede for those folks by prayer. And then the last one in, in uh, 2 Timothy, or 1 Timothy chapter 2, is giving of thanks. In Philippians 4 and Psalm 100. And Philippians 4. Giving of thanks is an expression of gratitude. Is really as simple as that. Giving thanks unto the Lord. And look what Philippians 4 says. Philippians 4 verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. This kind of ties up some things that we've been talking about. 
prayer. Don't keep it bottled in. Communicate with God. It says supplication. Make your request known. But we forget sometimes, and I think where this verse ties a lot of loose ends in, it's with thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. Tell you, it's been a, it's been a long, rough road since we got here to try to plant Pilgrim Baptist Church. It's been a long, tough road. Or I can say, thank God he's brought us this far because he's blessed us in so many ways. That we can go down and either count all the tough times or we can count all the good times. And I believe that helps us have a more thankful heart. I'll see, even when I'm talking about this, I'm thinking about not only did we, the Lord help us start Pilgrim Baptist, but we build a house. And that was a whole nother load of stress that wouldn't recommend anybody do. I'm just telling you, it was tough. It was tough. And you can say some of it was poor planning. Okay, some of it was. But God brought us through it. Even through, well, I could have made this decision a little different. Maybe I should have thought that through a few more times. Maybe. Or maybe God just wants to see how you're going to do through the circumstance. And if you're going to do it with Thanksgiving. We were like, how many days can it really rain straight when you're trying to build a house? It can't be more than two or three, can it? Well, apparently it can. So that night at the dinner table, are you praying for thank with are you praying with Thanksgiving? <laughs> right? Not easy. Not easy. Oh, Josiah, you know, he a couple of weeks ago he swimming, playing in the pool. He, he cut his toe all up. There's blood everywhere. You know, his, his, he had to get his, his toe sewn and stitched up. And you think he was praying? <laughs> you think he was praying? Lord, thank you that we had such a nice day with sun and, and, and no rain and no clouds. Thank you for the cool, refreshing water we got to swim in. No, he was like, make my pain go away. I don't know if there was Thanksgiving in his prayers or not, but I'm telling you, it's hard to thank the Lord. In the midst of circumstances, it really is. But nonetheless, we bring a supplication to the Lord. We should bring it with thanksgiving. And Psalm 100, look what it says. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him. And bless his name. This is the church house where the church gathers. Church is the body of Christ, us, the saints. We're here to give him praise, him thanks, bless his name, and be thankful. Why? For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting. And his truth endureth to all generations. We don't need more self-help. We need more God help. 
to really get a perspective of who it is that we've come to worship. We've talked about this before. How do you get people from all different walks of life, all different areas, to get together and get along? You got people local from Tennessee. You got people that have interests that you don't have. You got people from Kentucky. You got people from California. You got people from New Jersey. We have someone from South uh, Africa. We've, we've had all different types. of what, what brings us together? The Lord. His mercy endureth forever. All right, prayer of faith. Let's get James 5. Try to wrap up our thoughts here. But James 5. The prayer of faith is not enforcing our will into God's will. Sometimes we pray that way. We should concede that thy will be done. And we have faith that the Lord and his will, God's will, is best for us. James chapter number 5, verse number 13. Is, is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. Now, this isn't a spiritual salvation. This is someone sick. We're praying for their physical salvation of their infirmity. So you don't get saved by someone praying over you. Okay, but you, you and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he hath committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. And it goes on. But you're trusting the Lord. What do you go and say when, when your loved one is? You know, Tom's going to get surgery on, on Tuesday. What do you pray? Lord, we pray that Tom's arm falls off? No. We pray, Lord, please guide the doctor's hands. Lord, please get the right doctors in the room. Lord, please make sure that they have all that they need. Lord, please help them look to you before they open up Tom's arm. We pray that you would raise him up, give him an arm that works so he can get back to work. Don't we pray all those things? And then we end with, Lord, if it be your will. <laughs> of course we want him to be raised up. Of course we want the Lord to do something powerful. All right? So that's the idea of this prayer of faith. And prayer of guidance, let's go to Psalm 25. Psalm 25, verse number 4. Show me thy ways, O Lord. Teach me thy paths. Lead me in thy truth and teach me, for thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day. That's praying for guidance. Praying for guidance. Two more. We'll do um, Luke 18. And then we'll be done. Luke chapter 18, we see a prayer of contrition. And a, a prayer of contrition is deep sorrow for sin. Luke 18. Verse number nine, he spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despiseth others. Two men went up into the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee and the other a publican. 
The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. Verse 13. And the publican, standing afar off, would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. That's that idea. Are you praying with thanksgiving? And here's the idea. Are you praying with a true sorrowful heart? And God gives us this contrast very simply. It's a deep sorrow for sin. And he finally says in verse 14, Jesus says, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. <clears throat> That's a prayer of contrition. Uh, Luke 22. Look at Luke 22. Uh, verse 39, Luke 22. Verse 39. It's a prayer of deliverance. It's similar to a petition. But it's God save us, deliver us from a difficult situation. Uh, and he came out, verse 39 of Luke 22, and went as he was wont to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples also followed him. And when he was at the place, he said unto them, pray that ye enter not into temptation. That's a prayer we should pray more often. Help us not, in, not get into a spot that puts us in a tight pinch when we're tempted. Save us from that, Lord. Save us from that dangerous situation. That's a prayer of deliverance. In Psalm 31, Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Many Christians right now are praying prayers of deliverance that are trapped in Afghanistan, that are trapped in North Korea, that are trapped under all of this oppression. What are they praying? Lord, deliver me, please. Go to Luke 11, the last one. I think it will be fitting to close with this. Luke chapter 11, the Lord's Prayer. Verse 1, and it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. And he said unto them, when ye pray, say, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so in earth. Give us day by day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now, that's the Lord's model prayer. So your homework is you can take that and then all of the different types of prayer that we went to, you can find where they fit into the Lord's model prayer. And you'll find they fit in multiple places. And so that's our lesson on understanding. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. 
In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.